Welcome in to The Scoop, the number one UNC football recruiting podcast presented to you by Johnny T-Shirt and johnnytshirt.com. All right, welcome to The Scoop. Appreciate y'all listening. I'm your host, Ross Martin, joined by Don Callahan. This is The Scoop, UNC's uh, the number one UNC football recruiting podcast brought to you here by Johnny T-Shirt on Wednesday morning, early, 8.45. Don, what's going on, buddy? Not much. We got some actual football practices coming up. I know that you have UNC later this week, and I have some high school, official high school practices next week. I've been to a couple of the unofficial quote-unquote workouts but this could be actual football practices next week for me yeah unc's training camp kicks off friday um you should be listening to this you know either thursday or friday this weekend so hopefully uh you're checking out some of the intel we're gonna give you here um and like don said high school football is also starting unc plays week zero this year so they play i think the first game is i want to say august 27th against um florida a&m let me check that date just don't want to be wrong Yep, Saturday, August 27th. So they have to move training camp up a week because they're playing a week, and they play week one on Labor Day weekend against App State. Um, so it's football time. And, and so as that happens, more of our content, more of our scoop will be, you know, some team stuff at the end, and we're definitely going to get into some team stuff uh, coming off ACC Media Day uh, and uh, heading into training camp here where we're going to get access to more players and coaches. Sound good, Don? Sounds fabulous. Okay, and additionally on the schedule today, we're going to talk a little bit about kind of the general staffs of UNC recruiting right now, heading out of July into August. Um, A couple recruits that Don profiled on his weekly scoop for premium subscribers, and then we'll get into some training camp talk. We're going to talk about quarterbacks, the quarterback competition, running backs, and wide receivers. Kind of a quick, easy, quick and dirty show. And we're going to talk about Rico Walker, who committed to UNC last week. Um, who we haven't got a chance to talk to on this podcast. Anything to add, Don? No, just ready to get going. Okay. Guys, remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Inside Carolina Podcast on, uh, on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts, and hit the um, like or subscribe button on, on YouTube as all of our shows go on there. All right, Don, let's start with Rico Walker, um, the edge rusher out of Hickory, committed to UNC, became the 15th commit for the Tar Heels in the 2023 class. Rico Walker, let's see here. I'll pull him up. 6'3", 233, edge rusher out of Hickory High School. Uh, 201 in the nation. Number 25th ranked edge rusher. Number seven player in North Carolina. Now, this is a guy that, I mean, of all the players on UNC's commitment class outside of the quarterback, this is the name I recognize the most. Maybe that's because his name's kind of a, a, a cool name, Rico Walker. But he's been visiting UNC for a long, long time. He's a big time um prospect but there was just you know here and there rumors of him checking out sec schools it was never a sure thing for unc what happened for him to pick the tar heels so as you mentioned i mean he took a ton of visits to north carolina and i think he didn't he probably still doesn't realize it but you know all those visits just made him so familiar with the surroundings there so comfortable with the coaching staff there that ultimately North Carolina was where he felt best at, 
you know, he made a ton of visits to Tennessee also. And Tennessee was um, probably UNC's greatest threat. Um, them and, and, and Maryland came on strong towards the end there. But ultimately, it came down to just the comfort level, and he felt most comfortable at North Carolina. So he took the only two official visits he took were, were to North Carolina and, and Maryland, and those were the, the final two weekends of June. And he's, he's the second highest-ranked player in UNC's class. Is he like a, a big time, you know, he's a 24 seven sports four star guy, but is he a big time kind of impact player? Like what, what level of recruit is UNC really getting week wise? Is this a big, big win for the Tar Heels or kind of yeah. a guy that you think they should have gotten and have gotten? Yeah. I mean, no, this is, this is a big win for North Carolina. This is a kid with a ton of talent. I mean, this, okay. he, he, he's one of those guys, I think, and the rankings reflect this because I've talked to, to the rankings committee about him is that, from a pure sta- talent standpoint, he's probably should be ranked a little bit higher. Okay. They're worried about some things as far as like where his mind is at with certain things. For example, um, just the position stuff for a while there, he's kind of battled the, I want to be a tight end thing. And everyone who's listening, well, not everyone, but a lot of people who are listening to this are probably saying, well, once he gets here, the coaches will talk him into. Now there have been situations where a kid is dead set on a position, they go to a school and they waste a bunch of years at that position when they could be, you know, uh, developing at the position that they fit best at. But he's coming around to the idea that he is a edge rusher. I actually talked to his coach about it after the, the announcement. Um, I guess Rico, the week prior to the announcement, called his coach and said, hey, coach, am I a defensive player or am I a tight end? And the coach said, Rico... For us, you're both, but in college, you're an edge rusher. Mm-hmm. And I think he's starting to slowly kind of come around to, to that idea, which, um, you know, so once he kind of, he has all the tools to, to, to become an elite edge rusher. It's just a matter of him kind of putting it together and developing into that elite, elite edge rusher because, he, you know, the development, he is a high school kid, so he has a lot of development to do. Yeah, and you know it's funny. <clears throat> UNC has three edges committed, uh, and they're all kind of the same build. You know, six three, six four, um, six five for Tyler Thompson. They're all in state, and, and UNC's two highest ranked players are both edge rushers. Jay Brown Harvey, um, out of Durham, six three, two fifteen, is he's UNC's highest ranked player at one sixty six. Rico Walker slots in at two hundred one. Um, so they're loading up on that Jack position. And, and maybe some of those guys could grow into a um, kind of that power in that, that the defensive end Des Evans position. Um, so it'd be interesting to see there, but <laughs> there's gonna be a lot of edges on this roster. So it'd be interesting to see how that kind of breaks down in a couple of years, who adds weight, who cuts weight, et cetera. Um, Don, you were there, you, you, t- you know, this guy, you talked to him. What's kind of Rico Walker like as a person in terms of personality? Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a great kid. You know, I've been covering him. I think one of the reasons why you probably are most familiar with his name, in addition to the fact that, you know, his name is Rico, is the fact that, um, you know, he's been kind of on the recruiting radar since, I guess, his freshman, sophomore season. So, so I've known him since then. Um, and uh, I can actually remember the first time I saw him. It was at the 717 was like no talent there but him. And mm-hmm. I can remember him just in the middle of the field, standing out, um, com- you know, completely just look out of place um, with his size and his physique and all that. But anyway, you know, great kid, um, you know, good personality. You know, uh, he had a cool little, um, you know, little, I don't know if it was a switcheroo, like um, 
like like uh, Christian Hamilton yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. But he did, you know, he picked up the Maryland hat, put it down. He picked up the Tennessee hat, actually had that on, mm-hmm. turned around, and I guess he um, unzippered his shirt and then took the Tennessee hat off and showed the, the, the UNC um, shirt. I wish, so I don't know, and a lot of people point this out in the video because we did post a video. If you haven't seen it, it's, it's a cool video. But um, the girl who was sitting next to him, I don't know if it was sister, cousin, girlfriend or what. But it kind of seemed like she didn't know this election, mm-hmm. but she wanted she definitely wanted North Carolina. So it was kind of funny because I don't think people realize, like with the mic that's there, that picks up that table really, really well. And so we were able to catch her reaction and the things he, she was saying. Um, pretty well. So that was kind of fascinating for me, at least. Yeah, it was funny because he was using the Inside Carolina mic as his mic and he thought he was the for the gymnasium or wherever yeah. we were and it was just to our feed. Yes. Uh, yeah. I and I yeah. And I try to explain that. But, you know, I don't think it ever registered to anyone. I was watching that feed with the great Ben Sherman. Oh, were you? Where were yeah. you guys at? We were it was right after the basketball media day. So we we're in the office. Uh, no, we were, just at, we were at his house just watching it together. On his big screen TV. Yeah. That's how we do it. I just go over to Ben's house and hang out and watch TV and watch live streams. No, we were in the office. Um, it was the same day as basketball media. I think it was last Tuesday. No, last Monday. How was the stream? Was it good? Yeah, it was good. Yeah. I mean, it was, the so, audio was great. The audio was great. Yeah. So that was, yeah, because the mic makes a huge difference. But um, the one of the issues, we don't broadcast the whole just kind of inside, I guess, baseball here for, for the listeners. But we don't ever advertise the streaming because we never know what the Internet situation is going to be like. Mm-hmm. And in that situation, we had Internet. The Internet was fast, but they actually had streaming blocked on their on their um, router or whatever, modem or yeah. whatever it may be. So I had to use my uh, phone's Wi-Fi, which can be kind of hit or miss. And this time it was hit. So yeah. does your wife block your streaming, too? <laughs> Not my streaming. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good little wife joke there. All right. Um, good stuff. All right. Rico Walker. I mean, it's a big commitment. I mean, he was a guy that I think UNC really wanted. Um, number seven in the state. UNC's loading up on in-state prospects. As much yeah. as, like, they said it was a down year in the state, um, you know, Jay Brown Harvey, Rico Walker, Christian Hamilton, Chris Culver, Tad Hudson, um, Tyler I think that- Thompson. Hang on. Hang on. Let me finish. Yeah, that's it. Okay. So, you know. I think the – it's – well, everything is relative and a, and a lot of comparisons being made from that to that 2021 class, which was, you know, historically the best class in 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 state. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think also Mac Brown has done a really good job of of a high hit rate in state. So, I mean, if you take away North Carolina's commits and what's left over, yeah. it's not a lot of great guys. So, yeah. you know, it's a great that's point. the thing, too. All right, cool. Rico Walker. Um, and let's quickly talk about Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com early in the show here. Get the advertisements in here for your few years. Guys, it's football season, and that means jerseys, T-shirts, tank tops, um, sweatshirts. Head to Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com and get everything you need for your game day experience on Franklin Street, right on Franklin Street, right off campus, Johnny T-Shirt, and then online at JohnnyT-Shirt.com. And remember, all inside Carolina subscribers get 10% off with the discount code found on the Tar Pit and UNC Basketball premium message boards. So get your order, get that code, plug it in, and watch the the dollars fall off your order with that 10% off code. 
Johnny T-shirt and JohnnyT-shirt.com. If you're going to shop for clothes for UNC Apparel, which we know you are, you know you need that new sweatshirt, that new jersey, that new T-shirt, um, you know, the new hat for your, for your dad, for your father-in-law, brother, sister, go to Johnny T-shirt and get that gear. Help us out. Help a local alumni-owned um, company in Chapel Hill, Johnny T-shirt and JohnnyT-shirt.com. Uh, it's that time of year to get your gear. It's always just get a gift for get a surprise gift for a friend. It's always nice to just send somebody something for no particular hey, reason. Yeah. Send me a gift. Yeah. Uh, okay. Potentially. <laughs> <laughs> fart into a plastic bag and mail it to you. Um, yeah. <laughs> like my buddy sent me some condiments today. Uh, from, he sent uh, you what? Some condiments. Condiments. Okay. Uh, I thought you said something else. Yeah. I'll pull it right here. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know what you heard. My friend sent me a surprise gift here: some chipotle mayo, uh, some fancy classic ketchup. Okay. Some. <laughs> Why are they send you ketchup? Garlic express. It's like fancy stuff. Like uh, I'm a big condiment guy, and we we talk about condiments. Garlic expressions <laughs> and chili crunch, Asian chili crunch. So, um, <laughs> surprise gifts are great. Johnny T-shirt and Johnny T-shirt dot com. Let's let the national guys pay, have some ads here. We'll be right back and talk about UNC's targets that are still out there making decisions soon. We'll get into some football scoop as well. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. Welcome back to The Scoop, presented to you by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. Hope you enjoyed that break. Welcome back into the fold. I'm your host, Ross Martin, joined by Don Callahan. Guys, we're weeks, not weeks, days away from the season. And we'll get a little recap on what's going on with recruiting. Don, as we sit here right now, July 27th, what's going on with UNC football recruiting in terms of the calendar, in terms of visits, in terms of kind of how UNC, the staff, is approaching the class right now? So we're basically in the middle of the summer dead period, but we do get a little bit of a, of a break from that dead period. This week only began Monday um, and will end Sunday, which will, which is allowing some visits. And so a lot of schools are taking advantage of that by having these cookouts. Um, some schools have pool parties, those sort of things. North Carolina, because they actually begin practice earlier than everyone else. I think you mentioned this earlier, at least you mentioned it at least. Um, I don't know if you mentioned on the podcast or was it, was that off yeah, yeah, air? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That week zero against Florida and M moves up the whole preseason yeah. camp calendar. So they, I mean, you might look at this as a negative, but it's actually they're using it as a positive. We, they get an opportunity to showcase the team, showcase practices and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So their first practice is Friday. Second practice is, is Saturday, which is 
open to the media and they're having recruits at those events and they they view that as a better opportunity than having some sort of pool party or, or um barbecue or whatever it may be so some more visits not a ton of visits there's a lot of kids i talk to who are like hey i love to make some visits but my high school practices already began because like georgia they already started you know so um they have obligations and things um but that's where we're at now and and really i guess from a non-NCAA recruiting calendar standpoint, you know, we've talked about this before, where June and May, a lot of official visits, guys getting basically all their official visits done. And so July and August have become the time where they're making announcements. So we had a bunch of announcements early in July, and now they're kind of trickling out. I know we'll get to a couple guys, but um, Braden Marshall, a cornerback from Florida. He's announcing on Saturday, Marquis Anderson, a offensive lineman from South Carolina. He's announcing on Sunday. And there's a bunch of other, you know, announcements. I think basically uh, the weekly scoop actually has this all broken down for you, but I think all, but two or three of UNC's remaining targets have an announcement date set at the moment. Yeah. I was going to say like, where could people find the information about each of those players? Weekly scoop. Weekly scoop is the best thing. If you are only going to read one recruiting article a week, because mm. I understand people have things going on, weekly scoop is it. I try to, to pack everything in there. I mean, obviously, we have other content throughout the week that if you have time for, definitely read those things. But uh, the weekly scoop, we try to pack as much in there as possible. There you go. Okay. So, and, and we talked about this a little bit off the air. So, UNC's trying to, like, you know, they're going to see what happens with these announcements. But then it's a little bit of a reset, right? They're going to look at their board, see who they need to offer. Is that is that right? Like, yeah, kind of so expand they and their board based on the decisions being made. Yeah, so this July is July and August. Yeah, this is a position by position situation. And and so obviously they have a target number. Those target numbers are, are kind of soft. Um, but for the most part, um, you know, they have a target number. And if they don't hit that target number by the end of August, then yes, it, depending on the position, you could see North Carolina kind of expand the board the way that the staff has looked at it. Yes, they have a list of guys that they really like, you know, you know um, plan B's, plan C's, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. But you're at the point now to where you're going to get a bunch of new information on these guys. And what mm-hmm. I mean by that is the high school football season starting. And so, you know, th- that those first three games of film is going to be invaluable when it comes to evaluation because obviously that's that's the most i mean it's way better information than the film you have from their junior season you can see how they developed this offseason so you might as well not rush it you might as well kind of see what happens with these guys this summer and then just evaluate the the targets you have see if maybe additional guys pop up you know Mm -hmm. because one of the main positions that probably unc is going to expand is the offensive line board there's a lot of kids who develop a lot over the, over um, mature physically over an off season. And you'll be able to take advantage of that. Whereas a lot of the other schools are, are full at the position. Yeah. You can find some kind of some gyms, some guys that break out in the summer, guys that have put things together and have a better senior season. And then you're, you're getting a player that you have a more realistic view of who they're going to be in college. Um, especially true for offensive line. Someone once told me a friend of both of ours told me the offensive line is the hardest to predict. It's the hardest to recruit. Um, and it, it's a at times a crapshoot if this if, if that player that you see in high school is going to develop into what you need in, in college, and that man, Christopher Kapilovic, Coach Cap. Um, 
Okay, let's go through these players. We're going to talk about three here. You get the rest on the on the weekly scoop. Quickly, Don, let's just go through each one, and I want you to kind of just tell me what's going on and, and where UNC stands with them and what you think is going to happen, okay? All right. All right, Braden Marshall, cornerback out of Lake Mary High School in Florida, 5'10", 170, uh, a pretty uh, low four-star, ranked 4-1 in the nation. Uh, when did he visit, and what's the deal with him, Don? He took... Uh, well, so he took a basically an unofficial visit that was an official visit long, a weekend visit back in, I think it was May, maybe April. And then he officially visited North Carolina during that final weekend of June. He also took official visits to Pitt, UCF, and Wisconsin. I think it was over the weekend. He came out with a very curious top three. Okay. Which consisted of Nebraska, which he did not officially visit, UNC, and Wisconsin. For those who've been following this, the most notable absentee was uh, UCF, the local school, which I've been told by multiple sources is the biggest threat in this recruitment. So, But he, but he didn't list them in his top three. He did not. And so. some people are wondering if maybe this is an attempt to kind of throw a little bit of a curveball because there was just a couple weeks ago a, a kid from, I can't remember where he was from, a running back. Four-star running back, had a t- final four three days before his announcement, and he ended up choosing a school not in that four, ended up being South Carolina. So this is – kids are doing different things to try to throw you off. They're yeah. trying to combat, you know, crystal balls and all that sort of stuff. So this, this guy could be already silently committed to UCF. He could and, be. And just list that to kind of F with people. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, what a – Dude, how he, crazy is this job? Or he could just, it could be me and my sources are just looking too much into this and it's just North Carolina. And maybe he just wanted to focus in on, you know, I don't know. Um, I mean, UCF's, I guess, technically not a power five school right now. So Nebraska, Wisconsin, and UNC power five schools. Can you imagine going to Wisconsin or Nebraska from Lake Mary, Florida? I mean, yeah. I know it happens. I know you have a lot of those Florida yeah. kids that go up there, but damn. Um, you know, when you're growing up, Don, did you ever, did you ever dream of like, man, when I want to grow up, I want to work in a field where I have to decipher the social media posts of 16, 17, 18 year old boys. No, I had... <laughs> never. And now that's what you do. All right. All due respect. All right. Um, Recruiting Mar- wasn't that big of a deal when I was a kid. Yeah, I know, so I know. And social media didn't exist. That's right. Neither did electricity. Yeah, that's right. You had to send messages through um, little stone stone tablets. All right, moving on. All right, Marquis Anderson, offensive tackle, offensive lineman from Dorman High School in Roebuck, South Carolina, 6'4 and a half, 305, very high ranked, 24-7 sports, four-star, 136, which I think would make him one of the top players in UNC's class if he were to commit. Don, this has been a South Carolina kind of deal the whole time. He's making an announcement soon. What's going on with Marquis Anderson? Yeah, so he's going to make one on Sunday. Okay. Uh, so we got back-to-back decisions this weekend. He took, <laughs> he took official visits to Clemson, LSU, North Carolina, South Carolina. The one interesting thing about this is that his uh, dad um, videoed a lot, of these, a lot of these official visits on his phone. So if you want to kind of get an idea of um, what an official visit is like at all these different places, Mm -hmm. you can go on their YouTube page and watch it for free. They're lengthy. 
uh, I think the North Carolina one is like an hour and a half. So, um, yeah, there's there's very little. Um, you're like watching. Done. You're like watching it in bed, and it's like uh, 10, 30, 11. You're watching it in bed, and your wife's like, "Get to bed, Don. <laughs> Come to bed." <laughs> and you're like, "I'm watching this kid's official visit. I'm on minute. I'm on minute fifty six. Yeah. So, <laughs> as you mentioned, I mean, the crystal ball is a hundred percent South Carolina. A lot of people have assumed South Carolina for the longest time. I don't know if this is an attempt to create some drama, but there is some wonder, curiosity coming out of South Carolina a little bit that maybe it's not South Carolina. Um, so, but yeah, his, I mean, his teammate is DJ Geth, right? TJ Geth, and he's committed to North Carolina. Yeah. And they took the North Carolina and South Carolina official visits together. Um, now, uh, Marquis took the LSU and Clemson ones by himself. Mm-hmm. But um, so, yeah. I mean, may, and maybe it's just completely comes out of left field and ends up being like an LSU thing. Yeah. You okay. know, you never know in this, in this day and age with NIL stuff. So, all right. Marky Anderson, good stuff there from Don on him. So that'd be a Sunday announcement. All right. And last one, we're going to profile today. Of course, go on to insidecarolina.com, click on Don's <laughs> weekly scoops. He profiled about what, maybe six or seven to eight. Almost all of them. I mean, there's well, the, well, the ones that are important of, of UNC interest that are yeah. announcing soon, I guess, is kind of how to phrase it. Well, it's just I mean, North Carolina only has a few legit targets left at the moment. OK. And and so, I mean, some of them, there's just not anything going on with. But the ones that there is some sort of yeah. developments, we, we profiled those situations. The exact wording was from Don up until okay. 48 hours ago, I fully intended on delivering the there won't be a weekly scoop post this morning, but slowly I receive enough morsels of Intel to whip up a small dish of scoops. I am Don Callahan for inside Carolina. All right. Shelton Anderson, cornerback 5'11, 180 from Stockbridge High School in Stockbridge, Georgia. Uh, 24-7 sports composite three-star ranked 987 in the nation and the 95th ranked cornerback, 95th ranked player in Georgia. Don, kind of interesting here, decommitment from Pitt. Um, of course, got more interest when that happened. And then something happened recently that changed his recruitment. Yeah, so he made kind of a, I don't know how to, how to label it, um, I guess a secret visit uh, to Clemson for their all-in cookout. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was one of two uncommitted players there. And uh, he was the only player there without a Clemson offer, but that didn't last very long before he left. Clemson had offered him and apparently it's a school that he's had very high interest in. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this, this is a guy who, from what I have gathered was very high on UNC's board. I know he's, I think at one point, I don't the rankings, go up and down but at one point when i was kind of messing with the the um the commitment uh calculator he was the lowest ranked commit north carolina would have had Mm -hmm. um but um as i said north carolina he's one of the top dbs on their board pit you know with narduzzi is known for finding good defensive backs going way back to his days at Michigan state Clemson has done a great job of finding defensive backs. So I think this is a good player despite his ranking. Yeah. And as far as like what could happen. So he has an announcement right after he got that, that offer, he set August 8th as his announcement date. 
And it's a situation that looks really good for North Carolina at one point. Now it doesn't look so great. Yeah. Get that Clemson offer, and all of a sudden you set a um, decision date, announcement date. Um, the writing is on the wall, so to speak. All right. We good? Yeah. Yeah. I think just kind of, I guess, continue to hammer at home. I had one source tell me that this, this might be a Trenton Simpson situation. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what I thought about, too, when, when I kind of read about his situation. That's how, uh, that's how it happens. Hey, what about Jamal Jarrett, our guy Jamal Jarrett? How about that? We didn't talk about him. Yeah, I mean, we could talk about him. You know, he, he picked Georgia, you know. Um, <laughs> You're there, right? I was there, yeah. yeah. And that was mostly because, I mean, you know, he appeared on our podcast. And so we got, little, we got a little flack for that. Did we? I did from a, a couple of buddies. Really? What did they say? Like, why'd you have Jamal Jarrett on your show if you like knew he was picking Georgia or if you thought he was going to pick Georgia? I know. I know. We didn't know. Yeah. But so you shouldn't be promoting someone else's, you know, another school's commitment. I was like, all right, whatever. Yeah. I mean, well, we, we don't. Yeah, we didn't know. Um, We're not in the promotion business of players. No. And we don't. I mean, ultimately, we don't care where they go because we wish them the best. But yes, if we're going to get a 24-7 sports, highly recruited uh, four star on our show. We're going to we're going to get them right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it obviously didn't age well, but for, you know, a week, it was it was a great podcast that people a lot of people <laughs> listened to and and, and drew well, up some conversation. Should we put that on the should that be our kind of our advertising yeah. for our show? Well, there's oh, it didn't age well, but for a week it was a pretty good podcast. (laughs) The (laughs) the um, it was funny. A lot of people before he announced was like, "Well, why would he come on the podcast? It was going to pick North Carolina, you know." But uh, yeah, I mean, um, I went um because just kind of out of support for Jamal, you know, um, and um, I mean, he literally asked me. This was a couple weeks ago. He said, "Well, if I don't pick North Carolina, are you going to still come?" To my announcement. So I told him I would. I mean, it's, not, it's an hour away for me. And then also, you know, he has, you know, a ton of teammates that are really good players like Alex Taylor, a 2024 wide receiver. We ran a story on him earlier in the week. He's going to be one of the top guys in state for that class. So I was able to talk to him. Terrell Anderson, the wide receiver, the other wide receiver is really good. Um, and then, I mean, they have like a def- uh, an edge rusher who's like a 2025 who's going to be a top recruit. I mean, they, they have a, I don't know what's going on over there. At Grimsley, maybe, maybe Ross can tell me, um, but water, uh, baby, we breed superior athletes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, that football program has really turned around. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, if under it's coach a, Brown did, under, did a really good job. It's just a culture thing or, you know, you start getting the culture going and then you have your middle school producing players and then you, know, you get some transfers here and there as long as it's legal. And then you start winning and people want to play for you. All right. That's Grimsley High School talk. All right. Good stuff there. Uh, yeah. Jamal Jarrett, you know, it would have been a, a good addition to this class. Where is there, you, who does UNC turn to now at that big three? Well, I mean, they have, they have four D linemen committed. And well, some so, of those are, some of those are edges, right? Yeah. But you, you have uh, Starlings who, uh, Joel Starlings, who is a four star defense tackle. So you do have a similar guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, there's still some other guys on, on that board. I mean, a lot of this is kind of broken down in the weekly scoop this week. So definitely check that out. But I mean, UNC should hit their number. They're very close to hitting their number for the defensive line group. And they, yeah. and they, they kind of knew that there was a really good chance that Jamal went another direction. Now I, you know, if, if you 
read my mock classes. I just kind of thought that eventually the hometown, you know, proximity thing would, would play out in UNC's favor. And I was wrong with that, but you yeah. know, it is what it is. I always love having a couple big, long defensive linemen in that in, in each class, at least two or three. All right, let's move on. Uh, team scoop. Don, uh, we said we we're talking about quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers. Yeah. Let's just go through that. Um, you know, kind of a little preview here for the um, training camp starting on Friday. I was on the on the beat podcast last night with Greg Barnes. Tommy so how'd Ashley. you get back on there? Just got the text, man. I got called up for the minors. Wow. Called up from AAA up to the big leagues. Um, and so I joined those guys last night on on the beat. It's kind of a fun discussion. And, and we went deep into expectations, into rankings, into preseason polls, into Mac Brown and, and last season, this season, um, and kind of the hype, the overrated, underrated type thing. Did you hear Mac say that they were criminally overrated last year? Yeah. And criminally underrated this year. Like, yeah. what a line. And then we went to uh, – we, we broke down pretty much every position group, uh, offense and defense, kind of going back and forth with Greg, kind of sharing some intel. So definitely check out On The Beat. It's live uh, on Tuesday nights, but it's also available, obviously, on the podcast feed and the YouTube feed. And it was fun to join those guys and, and share what intel I've gathered. Man, it's, it's scoop season, so I've been we got to get some live live podcasts. Yeah, I'm not sure how many people will be watching at 8.30 a.m. Well, you know? I mean, we'd at least get one. <laughs> yeah, your mom. Uh, we should, we should do a live show at night sometimes. I mean, we got John, John's going to be running that stuff now, so we could do that. Okay. Let us know if you want, hey guys, let us know if you want a live show. All right, let's go into it. Don quarterback competition. We got Drake May, got Jacoby Criswell, got Connor Harrell, the freshman, uh, Jefferson Boaz. I mean, what questions do you have for me? Uh, I mean, yeah. So I think a lot of the assumption is, is that it's just going to be Drake May. I've seen Jacoby actually a lot during recruiting camps he's kind of come out and helped and of course you know you see him throw a bunch and he's looked really good um but so so tell me i mean is it well i guess are they going to try to play multiple quarterbacks or yeah i mean there's a couple, good? couple ways to look at this so last night you know greg and, and tommy and john both said they think criswell will be the guy who takes the first snap against florida and m now that may be like kind of a courtesy thing and kind of give the the veteran, the older guy, the first shot at it. Um, so I don't think people think it's Drake May. I, I don't think it's it's a runaway for him. I think it's going to be a legit competition into preseason camp. And I think it may last into preseason camp and out into the first couple games. I don't, I don't know. I'm not, this is not source. This is what I think maybe they should do is if it's very close, throw them out both against AM. Maybe throw them out both against App State in Boone and, and make that the test. And then you have another game against Georgia State in Atlanta. And then pick your starter coming out of that game. So I give them three games of, of in the fire, especially against App, which would be a tough game. And then pick your starter the week heading into Notre Dame at home, which is the fourth game. That would Because I think you really don't know who, what you have until they're taking live bullets against against yes. at least teams that can I mean obviously these aren't power five teams but I mean App State's going to be a, a pretty tough game yeah. a tough culture but uh you probably heard what I've heard you know Criswell's got the arm they love his arm he's got a strong arm you know Drake may add some things in terms of his pocket presence you always loved his accuracy which I've written about um and they love Connor Harrell man he's the, the true freshman they really like what he did they, they really love how smart he is how he grasped the offense um 
he is he's all of that Val Victorian, which he was in high school. So don't sleep on Connor Hale. Do I think he's going to be the starter this year? No, but he may be the quarterback of the future down the line. So they have three really good players they'd like. Uh, I'll be interested to see what happens in terms of who they want someone to separate. I mean, that's always, mm-hmm. always what they want. They don't want two quarterbacks. They want one to separate. It's just tough, man. It's tough to, you know, because if you don't play one, what could happen, Don? It could transfer, which is actually, so I have two questions. You kind of sort of answer both of them. But so <clears throat> you don't think there's any chance that Connor just just kind of steals it, um, comes out of nowhere and steals it. It's so hard to think of a freshman doing that, but it's not crazy. I mean, Sam Howell thing, did that. Yeah, um, I don't think it will happen, but I think you are talking about a kid who has played the highest level mm-hmm. at high, at, in Alabama. And was very good. And was very good, and he had more five stars on his team that year than he does now. And so, and they played against a lot of really good teams. Um, but uh, the second question is, and you kind of sort of touched on this, do you think that there's any sort of catering to the idea that you kind of almost have to make it seem like a competition so that one doesn't transfer or do you think this is truly like they don't know what who is the guy? <laughs> great question, I and mean, it's a great point. Because they don't want Drake Drake or Jacoby to transfer because they need that backup. Yes. And it's just this day and age, it's just so weird. Like I, don't, I feel like this wasn't a thing 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. Where the tra- – because obviously you can you have to sit out if you transfer. So it was yeah. a punishment for transferring. So you didn't see the the amount of volatility in the, in the transfer market. Now, you know – um, that could easily happen. And, and so, yeah, I think, I think that has to play a little bit of a role of trying to keep one um, around, but I don't know. It seems like they, they, they are, are fairly equal and they want to see the competition play out. They're all obviously every coaching staff is all about competition. Uh, iron sharpens iron and they will figure it out, not the coaching staff. So, um, but I think in the back of their mind, it's the one position on the football field where it's just one guy, you know? So you have mm-hmm. to kind of, you have to kind of um, – there is some politics, I think, in play, especially with Drake May as the, as the legacy, as the Charlotte guy. But you have an older guy, Criswell, who they do like as well. Yeah. Um, okay. We can dive more into that. We have a couple more scoops before the first game. Yeah. All right. Uh, running backs, Don. So let me, yeah. ask you, let me ask you. Sure. You cover the recruitment of all these guys. They have six scholarship running backs right now. Yeah. Brit- British Brooks, who you might not have covered as much as a recruit because he's a walk-on. Elijah Green, a former what? Former, oh, former podcast uh, guest. Scoop podcast guest. DJ yep. Jones, mm-hmm. Caleb Hood, who I saw at Walmart, Walmart a couple weeks ago. <laughs> what was he buying? Oh, it was like one or two things. It wasn't. It wasn't a lot. Uh, actually, no. Uh, uh. I used so I lived in Chapel Hill for two years, and it would be funny how many players, uh, basketball and football, I would see at the food line that was closest mm-hmm. to campus. But anyway, do you live in Carborough? No, I lived I lived in Chapel Hill, but it was closer to um, Durham. Got it. Okay, and then they have the two freshmen, um, Amarion Hampton, who enrolled in June, and George Petaway, who enrolled in January. When you look at those guys' recruitments, who who who's the most talented guy? Who's the, who's the NFL prospect? Who's the breakout guy? The guys. I mean, I it's kind of a it's tough between I guess I would have to oh man it is so tough between George Petaway and Omarion Hampton and those are the younger younger guys that's the point yeah um 
And it's different because Petaway is, you know, the, the all-purpose back, the guy who can play some receiver sort of thing. Um, and Hampton is, you know, the power back, which NFL teams love. Both of them are, like, guys who just breathe it, you know, especially Petaway. I was talking Petaway. I can't remember when it was. And he just loves it because he's one of those guys that wakes up in the morning and wants to just do some sort of workout, whether it's actual running back drills or lifting or whatever it is. Um, and, and Hampton, who's a lot, he's, he's much more quieter, doesn't talk a whole lot, but you kind of, through the years, I've picked up that, that he's another guy that just loves to just work out and get better. And his track numbers from this past season were just he, absolutely he is, ridiculous. He's massive, dude. The yes. photo I saw of him coming off of track season, yeah, unbelievable. So the question is, I mean, Bridge Brooks showed what he could do against NC State. He was really good. But there, I always wonder, like, why was he not playing more initially? Like, if he's that good, if he's your starter, why was he not splitting reps with Ty Chandler last year? Was Ty Chandler that much better? So it always, it, I'm always curious as to, like, the player's good. If he's your guy, why was he not playing a lot? Like, it's not like he got, it's not like he got some, like, really, really good, really, really fast. So I'm interested to see how much Bridge Brooks is a starter. And then it'll be interesting to see. They like Elijah Green. He said he's improved a lot. He's very, very fast. We've kind of seen DJ Jones a little bit, but he's been hampered by injuries. And then Caleb Hoods the, the, was the hype guy last year. Greg Barnes talked about that yesterday. How much will Hampton and Petaway play as a freshman? And will one of them become one of the top three backs? And I think running back is the easiest position to play as a freshman. Yes, I 100% agree. We've seen it on every team. I mean, I think if we were to rank the positions by – the um, ease, likelihood, of, ease of playing ease of playing from from um, high school to college running back probably would I would think would be number one. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, no, I, I I'm very curious to see how this kind of just works itself out because yeah. of I think I mean, so from what you've gathered, because last year it felt like more of like a two running back thing. Well, it was or, really Ty Chandler and Sam Howe. If you look at the yes, numbers, there yeah, wasn't true. anybody else. That's true. That's true. Hood got, Hood got injured pretty early in the season. Yeah. All right. So basically kind of a one. Two years ago, it was two yeah. running backs. Three years ago, it was three. Yep. And I think the year before that, it was three, I think, also. Um, so what, what, what route do you think they take as far as how many do you think? Do you think this because there's so many that there, there has to be three? Yeah, I think I could see three, and then it may be becoming two, you know, like in October, November. You know, you start off with Bridge Brooks, maybe Elijah Green, and then, I, I don't know, maybe Hood or, or Petaway, because Petaway is so unique. I think Petaway is the one that stands out. He's so shifty and so versatile in the passing game and so explosive. Mm -hmm. So he's a guy that can really make a difference. So I think you're going to see maybe a lot of him more than maybe some expect. Um, but because Hood – Hampton Brooks, I think have similar running styles as the bruiser short yardage. So um, I think, it, I think it's three. Um, I mean, just see who though, because we're, we just kind of forget about Elijah green and DJ Jones. Yeah. Um, and I think DJ Jones has a ton of talent and I think Caleb hood, I, I hate that I didn't mention him, um, but it's just so hard with yeah, Hampton and, and Petaway, but and Hood's been injured too, but he's healthy now. Um, yeah, and Hood's for, another one who you know his dad played at UNC. His dad you know trains kids, so obviously he trained um, both Caleb and his and his younger brother. And his younger brother's actually coming in as a wide receiver, walk um, as a walk on. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, you know, uh, yeah. So 
it'd be interesting. That's, that's, I think that's one of the more intriguing and more competitive position groups entering. Yeah. Camp. And if I could just to make the recruiting connection is that UNC as of right now, and things can change, um, is not taking a running back in this class just because this group is so deep, so talented, so young, which kind of speaks to yeah. you know, what we're talking about. Because you're going to have Brooks will graduate, but you still got Green, Jones, at least for a year or two more. The COVID year complicates everything. Caleb mm-hmm. Hood, and then you have the two freshmen. All right, awesome. Um, wide receivers. I think this is another interesting one. It kind of starts with Josh Downs mm-hmm. and Antoine Green. Um, who I've heard through talking to sources had a great offseason coming off a, a pretty good year in 21, but is, is confident, is, is fast, is physical. And finally, I think he's a senior, if he may be a fifth year senior, um, Antoine Green. Uh, so those are the two top guys. And then kind of who is that third and fourth receiver is what's going to be intriguing. You got JJ Jones, you've got Kobe Paysauer, who they really like. Kobe Paysauer is going to step in play a little slot this year. Um, of course, if you listen to All on the Beat, a lot, of, a lot of the stuff I'm saying I repeated last night. But um, And then I think Andre Green is, is, has a chance to be a, a phenomenal, incredible college player, whether that's week one or, or week five or six. We'll see. But I think Andre Green has a chance to be uh, the fourth guy. Phil Longo does not play that many receivers. It's really yeah. – he plays – they play four, maybe five guys. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Well, so. also, um, J.J. Jones is named that last year towards the, the latter half of the season start to really kind of pile mm-hmm. up the um, the snaps. Exactly. After we and had, he looked had, really good when I physically I saw yeah. him at a camp. And he looked really good. Yeah. And that's kind of after they had some transfers midseason. Um, Coffee, uh, Coffee Brown transferred. Um, Emory Simmons, Simmons transferred. Yeah. yeah so. And you got Gavin Blackwell in there as mm-hmm. well. So and Justin Olson. So there's names there, but I really think they need they need someone to step into that three and four um, receiver role. And I think Josh Downs is going to have a huge year. They're going to try to get in the ball in so many different ways. Did you think he'd be this good when you recruit when you followed his recruitment? Josh Downs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. was just um, probably the the most polished yep. kid, most polished wide receiver that I've seen at the high school level. I mean, it, and it makes sense. Dad's a college coach, you know, trained it, um, played the, the, the best, one of the best seven on seven teams in the nation, you know, went to every single camp that he could just to get the reps in, you know, never shied away from any sort of competition, always looked at it as an opportunity to get better. Great route runner. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, fast. I mean, yes. Um, yeah. When I'm looking at this, I mean, obviously, you know, it's almost like you, you have the wide receiver conversation and then you just kind of just put Josh down to the side because we know what that is. You know yeah. what I mean? The rest, I'm just kind of one, even with Antoine green. He, so I, I did look, he's, he's a, a fifth year senior. So this is his graduate year. And, and he over. had that, he had that injury against Syracuse. Yeah. So that may have given him a red shirt or that just one of the reasons why he's, he's come back. Yeah. Yeah. So um, beyond that, I'm beyond Josh. I'm just kind of like, you know, what's going to happen. Uh, I love the potential that Andre Green has, but as you said, I mean, everyone thinks that these guys are going to step in day one and play, and that just doesn't happen typically. Yeah. And so um, he's, he's going to be a guy who will, I, I think will play. I think it'll be a very similar situation as uh, JJ Jones last year. Um, while he's probably 
you know, JJ Jones was, I mean, JJ Jones physically was probably better than Andre um, at the same time period. Um, and also played, you know, he played at Myrtle Beach high school. So he had a lot of, you know, um, reps and everything like that. So, I mean, I'm just trying to compare the two. And I think that as far as like the likelihood for Andre to see the field. And I, I, I just, I kind of just see it very similar unless Andre just blows it out of the water. I mean, there is going to Andre didn't play against great competition. Mm-hmm. I don't, his dad is not going to like to hear that, but he, he didn't. So I think there's going to be an adjustment. His dad there. who is listening right now. His dad's probably listening right now. So, yeah. so I haven't talked to him in a while. So um, <laughs> Mr. Green, give me a call. Um, the other thing too is that Andre didn't enroll early. Yeah. And I so, mean, so he's only been on campus for um, like a month or so, but I've seen him a bunch and he loves it there. Um, yeah. But I, um, go ahead. I just think physically, not, not in terms of body, but like athletically, athletically, yes. like he has it all. And a wide receiver that's, I think being athletic is, is more important than, than being some strong, you know, guy. True. So, very so true. Yeah. if you can run past the guy, jump over the guy, then, then, yeah, you know. and he definitely can do that. Yeah, I'm excited, so, man. I'm excited about him. I, I've heard a lot of good things about him from a couple of different sources. Mm-hmm. And when you hear that from two or three people, then yeah, then you know it's legit. So it will be interesting. And there's there's a spot for him. I mean, there is a yeah. spot for him to step in if, if he can do it. So, but Kobe Paysauer is also the name I've heard a lot too. Yeah, um, yeah, and he's looked good too. And I've seen him. Um, yeah. So I mean, it, it's um, I think it's going to be interesting the wide receivers, and yeah. I and I wonder if it might take a few weeks for it to settle down. Yeah. Your, your sourcing on all these conversations on the team is like, yeah, I saw the guy and he looks good. <laughs> yeah. I saw him and yeah, he looks good. <laughs> all right. Good stuff, Don. You ready? You good? Anything else? I am good. All right. A little quick and easy podcast there. Quick we're and easy. How some, we like it. Yeah. I think we'll get some guests on the next time. Um, I, I put out some calls. So I think the next time we'll do more team stuff. Um, definitely some recruiting stuff, but I think we have a guest. I'm going to set up an interview for, for the next time we do the show, and that should be in two weeks. Sound good? Sounds great. All right, Don. Appreciate it. Johnny T-shirt and johnnytshirt.com. Guys, remember to rate and review to the show. Season's coming. You're going to get alerts when we go live on the beat, live on other shows. And, um, of course, you'll see all that content on your feed if you subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your um, Insight Content Podcast stuff. For Don Calhoun, I'm Ross Martin. Appreciate it. Have a great day. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ, Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner the first. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a dude average 29 and 11. God, what it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Forward, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing.